another one coming in hot. It's the end of the month. And this one I talk about charity. I talk about helping others become equals. Lifting each other up. I get a pizza in this one. I'm going to have a couple of pieces left over. I'm going to take it downtown when I go back tonight. You guys are the coolest. Thanks so much for listening. For those of you longtime Bling Vieira podcast listeners at home, who are always tuning in at home, all my fans at home, you all know that I've been into skating for a while. And I used to skate. Back in the day, you know, we used to think that professional skateboarder as a profession (laughs) wasn't completely out of the picture. Um, And some of you also know that towards the end of the month here, we get... We, we start publishing some, some episodes. We start really pushing these, pumping these episodes out at the end of the month. Uh, we, it's a contractual obligations with Mr. Ulysses, right? So I can overhear some live music from, there must be some kind of Juneteenth festival or some sort of festival here in Salt Lake. Um, it's at uh, State Street and 400 South over by the library. We've got some commotion going on. I'm out here talking to the locals, talking to the people, boots on the ground, just trying to get, um, I don't know, just people's stories, just trying to, to talk to them and and to get their opinion on things. Um, I was talking to a woman just now about kind of like honesty and I guess um, different types of products and, and why people will return to constantly get ripped off and I asked her why do you think that is like why why do you think people keep going back to get ripped off or why do you think and it was interesting what she said to me she said like well it's because they can't wait they don't have patience all they have to do is just wait they can see this person and they'll get an honest product they won't get ripped off and I I was like, well, so what is it? Like, what keeps them coming back then? Like, why do they keep choosing to get ripped off? She was, like, mad about it. She was, like, mad about it. She's just like, because they can't effing wait, and they they just don't have the self-control, and they they end up losing everything, and then they start coming to the honest people asking for money, and I was like, okay, interesting. And I guess in some ways, like, I can relate to that. Like, I I can absolutely relate to that when it comes to trading, because I get desperate, um, I think the word that she used was fiending, but yeah, I get I get desperate, start fiending for some cash myself, and I do dumb stuff. I do dumb stuff, and then I come crawling back and asking for uh, for help, crawling around asking for help. Don't try and look for Patreon, and don't try and look for my uh, Cash App name just yet. I haven't. That's not. I haven't been asking for help just yet, but I can relate. I can relate. I understand how that feels out of desperation, out of like, it's got to be now. It's got to be right now. No long-term trading. It's got to be right now. It's got to be today. It's got to be calls and puts that expire today. But it doesn't have to be. Why not just wait? Why not just be patient and wait for the, for the iron to get hot? Strike when the iron is hot. Here comes the police. Good. Let them see me. Oh, they're parking behind me. That's cool. Oh, I'm not in my car. I'm not in my car. I don't know what they're up to. I'm I'm pretty sure it said there's no parking. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. 
the police roll up and then everyone just starts to walk away. Everyone leaves. Now I wonder what they're doing behind my car there. Cause I'm not in it. Why is it when the police roll up, everyone leaves? Well, don't you think if the police were there to help, people would stick around? Now I'm probably gonna go back to the car right now and head out of here, but like, it's, it's cool just to, so like trading the market with uh, securities and ETFs, it's a lot different than how things are, how business is done here on the street in Salt Lake City. Um, I like relaying this information to listeners around the world about like interactions with uh, people who are less financially stable, who have uh, not as much financial opportunities as others. Because I, it, it's a way for me to, to sort of find parallels and analogies to what, what's happening in the market and what's happening here on the street. There's, everyone kind of looks down at homeless people and looks down at people on the street as like less than human. What I'm trying to do here is bridge the gap with that um, by asking similar questions that I would ask traders or ask uh, money managers. Um, why are people losing money in the market? Why, why are retail traders so like addicted to trading? Um, even when they, when, even when they're losing money, what, what's, and with this woman, it, it was cool because there's a, an, a, like immediate parallel there. She might be talking about a different strategy, a different whatever, but people are still losing money here on the street. They're getting ripped off. Whatever they're doing, that's up to them. I don't know what, uh, instruments or products people are trading with in the market. I don't know. I trade the SPY ETF, but it could be anything. Um, it could be Tesla. It could be... I have freaking Tesla. It could be anything. The uh, same products here. It could be anything. So my goal here is just to help bridge that gap, bring a better understanding to people in the street are, are not subhuman. They're not less than human. They're going through the same struggles that traders go through, that people that are more financially stable the same struggles that they're going through in their homes, with their cars, with everything, is the same struggles that are going on here on the street without cars, without homes, without everything. Is that making sense here? Is that, are you, are you starting to see people with cardboard signs maybe as less than subhuman or something more than subhuman? As human beings, as equals? You have a lot of patriots and you have a coming up here on the 4th of July. You have a lot of people who are kind of American nationalists almost. Very patriotic. Even in uh, Ogden's police mission statement it says we the life the the right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. I think we're all just trying to pursue being happy. But when you're kicked down into a hole and you can't get out of it, like a lot of these people have experienced, whether whether it's um, something they did, a choice that they made one time, or maybe they got set up, maybe someone stole their money and they just couldn't get out of this hole. So they started jamming out. This is a good song.
It's like, we're very similar. We're very similar. Like all men are cr created equal. All mankind is created equal. Humanity is, should be on an equal playing field. So why is it not? And why is it so easy to look down upon others and hoard that money for yourself? All your big retirement fund, all the, your big giant retirement fund. Like what good is that gonna do when everyone else is broke? Your big fancy expensive car and like what good does that do you? besides just feeling better than other people. And is it that rewarding? Is that feeling that rewarding for you to feel better, to feel superior? I would argue it's not. It might be more comfortable. It might be a little bit less stressful, but overall, I, I would say it's not, it's not worth all of the effort. And furthermore, when you're looking down on, on these people for whatever, difficulties they might be going through and the struggles that they're having there's a whole entire group looking up at you as like kind of the villain the greedy villain I don't, I'm sorry I don't have a cigarette and whether or not you're the villain whether or not you did everything honestly and you have nothing to hide and you shouldn't feel ashamed you shouldn't But just don't look down on on others because they're less fortunate. And I would I would try I'm mean, trying to encourage others right now to start right now today, June 24th. Like start giving some of that money away, man. Start giving it to others. Hey, give it to me. <laughs> but give it to others as much as you can. When next time you go downtown, bring a few extra dollars, like cash, like one dollar bills. Bring just a couple extra. And if, if it's hard for you to like get close to, to, those, to, to those people, to, to people who are less fortunate, if, if, if you don't think that you can get close to them and hand, hand them a dollar bill, then, I don't know, have someone else do it or just give it to somebody else or, or donate in a different way. Bring some hand sanitizer or something. I think the more often that you do it, the more you'll find that it's not as scary as you think and it's not as dirty as you think. It's just, it's really not. And really, I'm encouraging you to just to break the bad habits of being afraid of people or to afraid of trying new things. Afraid of losing money, all that money that you've saved up. Don't be afraid to lose it. It's gonna be gone anyway. Someone can take it away from you in a second, in a heartbeat for no reason without any justification at all. It can just be gone. And until it happens to you, you're gonna not believe that it's possible. But if it happened to me, and if it happened because of eBay, like what everyone considers an honest company, everyone considers to be like, well, what did you do? What did you really do? Get responses from eBay saying, well, we can just freeze your funds for 60 days if we feel like it. For no reason at all. That's their excuse. You sign the user agreement, this is what you agreed to. It's like, whoa, okay. It's, it, that's eye-opening for me. I guess I did agree to it, but not really. Not really. So if they're pulling that, if they're pulling that kind of garbage, eBay is, and it's working, they're getting away with it without penalties, without anything, because you sign the user agreement. You know, we've, got, we've got some stuff to worry about here. 
And I would stop being so comfortable with your retirement account and start giving it away. Because you're going to get a lot more fulfillment, a lot more enjoyment helping others than you are helping yourself with that money. Because you're not going to be able to spend all of it by the time you die. You've been working so hard your whole life. What, you get like to enjoy it for five years, ten years? And then what? It's not worth it, man. You gotta start looking at things differently. We do, as a people, the world does. Americans do. We need to start looking at things a lot differently and helping each other. All right, so we're walking in downtown Salt Lake City. We're not skating. We could skate a little bit. You wanna skate a little bit? We're skating towards the car. Probably against our better judgment, but who cares? And we're going to drive out of here. Now, why is it against our better judgment? It's because the police are right here. Oh, they're leaving right now. Coincidentally, I don't know what they're doing. They're blocking traffic is what they're doing. Just telling this camper that they can't park there or something, you know, it's just ruining people's lives like like always, doing what they're good at, just doing what they're best at. Oh, I, the police are not good right now. They're not helping anything right now. Man, I, I'm seeing different business strategies though here downtown. And I've, I've been wondering like, well, why are you coming down here? What are you trying to do? And it's like today it's sort of starting to click with me. Um, my intentions, my goals, my reasons. And it's to bridge the gap of, uh, what'd you call it? Inequality. Like, really, I want the inequality to, to at least improve, at least. I wanna see some improvement. I wanna see police helping people, not getting them in trouble, not ruining lives. I wanna see others helping each other. I want us to be able to leave our car doors unlocked. <laughs> Maybe not with valuables inside, but just at least have our car doors unlocked. So we don't have to always lock it and check to see if it's locked and make sure that it's locked. And I don't know, you know how, how do you do that if the police can't get people stealing in trouble? I would argue the people are stealing because they got in trouble. Because they can't get a job, they can't get their lives straightened out because there's too many background checks and drug tests and everything else. So they have to do one thing to survive. They steal other people's things. But if we're able to, I don't know, expunge some of those charges, or just not do such extensive background checks for jobs that don't need it and get the people in trouble that are in trouble doing things wrong. I'm gonna get a pizza. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a pizza, guys. We're, we're here at Domino's and I'm, I'm downtown. I'm like, let's just get a freaking pizza. We're already here. Let's order the pizza. Let's get it. Let's get the freaking pizza. I just saw that cop again. I don't know what's going on. Let's get this pizza ordered, shall we? I need to give myself a haircut too. You know, the one good thing about the pandemic, I've always said, is it gave 
people the opportunity to learn new things and to reinvent themselves. I mentioned last year I was kind of a, a reporter, an intern reporter on um, just different stuff, writing stories and whatnot. And I, I had to cover a, a women's tech conference thing, a women's leadership thing. And that was the first story I was covering with this organization. And I was very into it because it was the first story I wanted to kind of make a good impression. And, and uh, so I paid attention to like every speaker and everything they said and uh, the, the transcription of things. And this, one of the managers from New York, she was a business owner from New York. And she said like, this is the time to reinvent yourself and to emerge from the pandemic as like a new person, as, as a reinvented person. And I took that to heart, so I started buying clothes that fit. And uh, I think I dyed my hair and stuff back then. I, I was trying to find what, uh, I, I, like, who I was, I guess, what, how I wanted to reinvent myself. And last year, I had not experienced success yet. I had not experienced in the way that I did between November and April. Um, so I wasn't really paying attention to, like... Uh, too much but I was able to start cutting my hair and reinvent myself and, and become a different better person I think and I became way more way more generous and way more uh, charitable I, I wanted to make sure that any excess that I had would be kind of spread around and given to others who don't have it that was probably a mistake I should have waited to become more established and and more just professional, but I didn't. So going back to the conversation I just had with a woman here on the street, when she said, she mentioned, like, well, people just aren't patient. They end up buying stuff from the wrong person or buying a product from somebody else. They get ripped off. They don't get what they paid for only to come back at the end of the day saying, hey, come on, hook me up, help me out. And she's all, it bothers me, that bugs me. People need to stop doing that. They just need to be patient and see what the problem is. Recognize what the problem is. There's this different types of um, businesses around here who offer different types of services, right? There are different business owners around here that have different businesses, but products, different products. Right now I'm waiting outside of Domino's on 7th East and 700 South, waiting for pizza. But I'm starting to notice, like, if you know your customers, if you know your audience, if you know what, to, what product to sell that's going to, like, do well in different areas, like, you could really, really capitalize on that, on the dishonesty of others. When everyone else is ripping each other off, and when everyone else is getting scammed and stuff, if you offer an honest service with honest prices, honest products, even freebies here and there, maybe a freebie, you know, a couple of freebies, first, first, times, first times free. But if you offer something that other people want and you give it to them honestly instead of ripping them off, like, it, it can... You can make a lot of money. You can be very, very successful doing that. If you find your, your niche 
your niche market. And I've been exploring that downtown here and finding out like who's honest and who's not and where, where to go. And I, I think I found one here that's like, well, Domino's is honest for sure. <laughs> yeah, I like this Domino's a lot. They're on top of it usually. They are. The Domino's on Foothill, I feel really bad. I, I left a bad review for them. Or, um, yeah, I, I kind of complained when I shouldn't have. I was very, very frustrated at, that day and I was so hungry and I was, I was hangry. So I, I do feel bad about that and I still need to leave a positive review for them. I'll do that when I get home. But right now I'm downtown and I'm at this Domino's and I like this Domino's and, and they're good too. So that just kind of supports the, the idea if you have a good product and you have an honest business and you're hardworking. But if you find the right demographic, if you find the right demographic, you can make even more. Because these people are getting ripped off, they're getting scammed. Or they're just not getting an honest product. At different and various businesses around downtown. But I, I, I see some like business prowess in some of them. To where it's like, well, what are they doing differently? And it's they're appealing to, to different types of customers. Their location is a big part of it. Like what, which, which location has these types of customers? And how do, how do you attract those customers to your product, to your store? You, had, you would probably want to get a close location to their location for one. And then from there, just be honest. And so it makes it so that they come back but it also makes it so that they spread the word. Like, hey, this is an honest business. Let's go here. Ask for this person. Go here. And so just today, talking to that woman a little bit ago, she's like mad that everybody else gets can't, get, can't find certain products and PlayStation 5. She, if they were just patient, if they, if they would just wait for this store to open instead of going somewhere else, and then at the end of the day, coming back here, you know, begging for this, for our products here at this store, then that, that's, the, that's what, that's the differences that she has. And so I, yeah, I specifically asked her, well, what makes people continue to do that? She just, they're, they just need it right now and they're not patient. They just need it right now and they have to have it right now and they're not patient. It's desperation. It's trading out of desperation. I know that. I've experienced that. That happened to me. After my money was gone, and I was able to get a little bit here, get a little bit there, it's like, yeah, yeah, let's go. It has to be right now, it has to be today. Instead of waiting till the iron's hot, until, instead of being patient, it's gotta be right now, it's gotta be today. And that's a huge mistake to do when you're trading. Because you're not gonna get it right. You're not gonna time it right, it's not gonna be right. It's just not. It's gonna be a problem. And I can't tell you how discouraging it is when I do that. But the external, influence of desperation or that caused the desperation was the external influence of, of eBay stealing money keeping it safe just hey we can take it for 60 days if we see some suspicious activity don't ask us what that suspicious activity is because we're not going to tell you it's like sounds like you guys are running a Ponzi scheme to me well I'm sure that's what they're doing it's a Ponzi scheme eBay's a Ponzi scheme because why else would they have it staggered like that 60 days can't pay them because they're paying others that have been waiting 60 days. They're paying others that have been waiting 60 days. It's the biggest scam, man. But they'll let you use that money to ship stuff and do it. Dude, it's just so dishonest. 
And so what happens when you have dishonest people ripping each other off here downtown? They're not going to get any more business. And everyone's going to spread the word. Don't go there. Don't go to that business. They're ripping people off. They're stealing money. You're not going to get what you paid for. Go to this place instead. There's really no difference between the market and the street. Wall Street and Main Street. It's the same, man. It's exactly the same. Some are wearing suits and some are wearing rags, but it's the same. Everyone's dishonest and everyone's trying to rip each other off and everyone's trying to steal each other's money. But every now and then you have like Chase Bank or an honest business that you can trust. And it's honest for a reason because they're doing the right thing. They're making or they're successful and on uh, for a reason because they're honest and doing the right things and helping each other, helping others. I don't know, man. Uh, this country is not going in the right direction. I know that much. And I want to make a difference, even if it's just one individual here on the ground. It, just one individual at a time. I'm, I'm okay with that. So, um, yeah, that's my goal here is to try and bridge the gap of inequality of people in the street to people listening to this podcast. I really hope that I inspire you to be more generous and to be more charitable and to give to others uh, anything that you can extra because it can change two dollars that you have in your pocket can absolutely change the the entire day of somebody just two two freaking dollars in cash so do it all right the pizza's ready the mask is on let's get some pizza let's do this Hi, I'm picking up for Bling here. Hey, thanks so much. Have a good night, sir. Thank you. It's a handmade pan pizza, never frozen. If I don't finish this pizza, I'm gonna take the rest downtown and give it to some others. Talking about charity. Dude, this pizza actually looks so freaking delicious. I cannot. Words, words cannot describe. All right, let's go. We're going home. We've got the car for two more days before it gets repoed again. In last night's Futures podcast, where I lost everyone a lot of money by telling them to buy puts. Now, if everyone was on top of it, they would have made some money. It'd just be fast. I can't tell you when to reel that fish in, man. I can't. No, I went to bed early too. I did. I so I went to bed and I was thinking to myself, Bling, you might actually just fall asleep here. And I did. I slept for a long time. I slept it off. So I missed out on some futures options, some trading opportunities there, but hey, whatever, whatever. I'm headed back home right now. But patience. Patience. I was stressing patience last night. And how if I was, hey, get me in charge of one of your teams, I could whip them around in about 72 hours. If they're not able to keep it together after that, then that's a different story. But for 70, 72 hours, I can marry Poppins the whole thing and, and demonstrate to you, like, yeah, you're, not only is your team capable of doing it, like, they can excel. 
like they once did, or but they have to just maintain their uh, control, their self-control, their patience, everything else. Like talking to the woman downtown. I should have grabbed her name. Oh, yeah, I'll probably see her again. I'm sure. I'm talking to her downtown. She's just at it, like pissed. Like people don't have the patience. They can't do that. They can't wait. They can't wait for the right product. They can't wait for it to be an honest product. They have to go buy it now and they get a fake one. They get a fake PlayStation. They get some counterfeit thing, fake money. They don't get what they paid for. And I'm just like, damn, she's pissed. Like she's ticked, man. And that's not her money. She didn't lose any money. She, she's like talking about people. She's talking about their lack of patience and the lack of self-control. They can't see their problems. They can't see what they're doing. I keep, I'm so, I'm driving here and I'm so tempted to get into this pizza. I've already had one piece and it's very good. And it was a very small piece. And I'm like, well, let's grab another one. I'm hungry right now. I'm hungry right now. But if I'm driving, the pizza's hot. I'm gonna drip some cheese and sauce on these premium jeans, these smoking hot premium jeans that I got on. Get, get on my shirt, burn my mouth, burn my tongue. All my fans listening at home, they know. I hate burning my tongue. I hate burning my mouth with, with hot stuff. Hot stuff coming through. So I'm telling myself, bling, just wait till you get back to the studio. We're almost there, man. We're almost there right now, babe. I tell you what, though, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to getting home right now. Ditching this pizza inside, slamming a beer. I have my skateboard, man. I have my skateboard back. I can skate down to the park without having to walk everywhere. I, there's no snow on the ground. Man, it's been a while. things that I've missed. I got my fishing poles in the back. Brother was talking about going fishing tomorrow. Like, yeah, well, I gotta get my freaking fishing license and stuff. I don't even know where it's at. I gotta do all this paperwork in the car. It's too hot to go through. <clears throat> you know, those kind people that repossessed my car were nice enough to just go through everything. Rifle through everything. And, yeah, they kept my change safe. There must have been a good, like, five dollars in change. Maybe more, maybe less. It's hard to say. But it's gone, and I could have used it. But I just, I'm really glad to have my car back, even if it's just for a couple days here, before it gets repossessed again, because I can't make the payment. It really makes it all worth it, you know? If, I, if I'm if i ever in a downtown city, ever, like Salt Lake or anywhere, scooters, man, I don't need a car. I don't... What am I a car for? Give me a scooter, man. Let's cruise around on that thing. Get things done. Well, anyway, everyone's kind of tightening up their wallets and everyone's tightening up everything and cinching their wallets and being greedy and keeping money to themselves when everyone's so used to having it. Now everyone's broke again. And when you talk about inflation, hyperinflation, whether or not Fed Chair Powell made the right decision uh, by raising interest rates again. <clears throat> There's a lot of talk of like uh, Paul Volcker, right? The Volcker rule. 
the Volker rule was actually kind of suspended or at least rearranged in the beginning of 2020. Not a lot of people are aware of that. Not a lot of people are paying attention to that. I was though. We're back in the studio. I say I'm not gonna miss this place sometimes, but I don't know. I just have a lot of mixed feelings lately. Sounds like those kids are out front. Sounds like they're having a fun time. All right, let's jump into some more of the, oh, let's get into a freaking beer. Oh boy, how did I forget about the beer? Six 16 ounce cans left. Start your engines, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about the Volcker rule. Well, the Volcker rule was placed on banks and trading. Uh, different banks had different tiers of trading. If you're a large bank, you could trade this much. Small bank, you could trade this much. We're talking about liquid net last night. We're talking about different uh, trading departments and within Chase Bank. Now, trading is a dishonest practice inherently. You know what you're getting into when you start trading. There's no complaint department. There's no customer experience. It is what it is. Same way blackjack and poker and casinos, all that. Well, that rearrangement of the Volcker rule back in the 20s made it possible for smaller banks to act like larger banks and to participate in more uh, things, more trading opportunities, more trading uh, risks. Well, that allowed more risks to be taken. Different banks probably got ahead. Different banks probably got behind. Either way, here we are now. I think Powell handed, handled the pandemic uh, quite well and flooded everything with money, like quite well. But at this point, I think the cinching, the tightening has been too aggressive, way too aggressive. And I don't care if the stock market goes up or down. That's not what I mean. I'm talking about experiences here, individual experiences here at home. Look, you can't spend two years um, doing something or allowing something to happen. You can't allow it to happen for two years and expect to have it go away in a few months by raising rates and doing whatever aggressively. You, you can't. It's a proverbial putting toothpaste back into the toothpaste container. You can't. You can't. Once it's out, it's out. You can put it back in, sure, it, it, but you have to do it very delicately, very strategically. You can't just jam it all back in there. You can try to jam it all back in there, and you can try all you want. It's just physically not possible. So this cockamamie idea of raising uh, three quarters of a percent, raising rates, you know, three quarters, whenever that was last week or whenever, that, I'm not talking about the market. It might make the market fluctuate, go up or down. You can see today it is acting hella, hella goofy. Monday it's gonna drop. Monday we're gonna have a big drop day. I can tell you that right now. And if Monday doesn't drop, consider yourself freaking a gift if it actually does get manipulated to go up. Because that will be a gift. <laughs> because then you can buy even more, double down even more, and, and nail it on Tuesday. But I recognize this behavior. I'm, I'm starting to see these patterns again. And yeah, I've been I've been wrong. I'm trying to get my rhythm back. I'm trying to get it right again. It's trial and error. Please be patient. It's not easy. It's not easy to do, especially in this market, especially in the summertime. But what's happened here with the raising rates and with uh, Fed Chair Powell being so aggressive, 
Ordinarily, I would have agreed with this aggressive tactic had it been sooner. Had it been sooner like a year ago, last summer. Absolutely. But because the writing was already on the wall a year ago, the gas prices were rising, everything was going up, people were starting to run into hardships, but it was still manageable. Now, it's out of control. You lost control of it. Trying to raise rates now, it's, it's, it's going to cause more harm than good, and it already has. It already has. In, in a few weeks' time, a week's time, you, you can see the, the detrimental damages that it's caused. Just everyone's tightening everything up. The, rate, the rates are up. House, houses aren't selling anymore. We're looking at a, at a pretty big problem here. I'm telling you right now before it's happening. <clears throat> There's no way to call, like, the big drop when it happens. I'm not trying to get involved in that shit. I think that stuff's dumb. I'm not into the big short. I'm not into, like, calling it. <clears throat> not into, see, I told you so. I'm into, like, trying to help you get an idea of where the market's going to go in the next micro analysis. You know, in a microscopic time frame. Not macro. We're looking at very small increments here, at least on through my lens I am, my scope. By raising rates so quickly and so aggressively, it has caused those with money to be greedy, to hold on to it, to not share it, to not lend it out, whatever you want. Whatever. It's just not available anymore. You cause those who probably weren't greedy really too much to start becoming greedy, to start hoarding their money, to not be generous, to not give to charities. You cause charities to, to let, help less people. <clears throat> they don't have access to the money they once had, the budgets that they have. Like, it goes all the way down the line. And for... You know, something that's for uh, an organization like the Fed, the Federal Reserve, or the uh, Open Market Committee, to, to make such a unwise decision, to make big mistakes, to not see the writing on a wall uh, to a year ago, and, and take action then instead of now, that's, I, I don't approve with that, I, I can't agree to that. I think it was a bad decision. I think it was the wrong decision. But there's nothing that can be done about it now. You're trying to put toothpaste back in. You'd have to go back on those rates that you just raised. No one's, people aren't, probably aren't going to do that. So, so what's the solution? You just freaking buckle up. I, I, I'm trying to get others to identify and relate to, empathize with, put themselves in other shoes who are less fortunate financially less fortunate to I'm my whole purpose here of going downtown and relaying that information to all my listeners and to my experiences is to help people see those less fortunate as more than subhuman as equals I want others to be able to appreciate uh, human life the same way the will argue for <clears throat> Excuse me. The same way we'll argue for uh, violence in Ukraine, and we'll support Ukraine, or we'll be against Russia, or we'll be against both, or we'll be for both. Look, that's that's a long distance away from from where I'm at right here in Salt Lake City, Ukraine and Russia. That's a long distance away. 
I've never been there. I don't know anyone from Ukraine here in Salt Lake. I don't know anyone that goes back and forth from here to Ukraine. I don't know anyone that's <clears throat> back and forth to Russia here in Salt Lake. The people that I'm meeting live here in Salt Lake and they're not doing so well. They're on the street. They're turning to substances, they're turning to alcohol, they're turning to dishonest practices, ripping each other off so that they can serve for survival. It might not be a war in, in the sense that um, we're amassing a military might and, you know, it's a, a seditious, you know, I'm over here trying to, to get people together to uprise against the government, to overthrow, you know, Utah. It's not, I could never win doing that because I'm not going to get a bunch of guns and I'm not going to resort to violence. So why is it, why couldn't that win if I tried that? Because the freaking cops will shoot you and beat you. And if I'm not violent, if I'm a nonviolent leader, then you can't win against someone who's going to shoot you and beat you. The police will do that. If the police fail, then the army will do that. I doubt the police would fail, though. They'd probably do a pretty good job of beating me up and shooting me and everyone else because they've, they've done an outstanding job at that so far. I've wondered for weeks now when I'm going to be out of a home and when I'm going to be downtown. I think I've been kind of ignorant in all of it too. It's probably closer than I think, closer than I'm expecting, unfortunately. But I'm getting to know people and I'm not going to be alone out there. I'm not going to be on my own. I'm going to have people that I can trust and people that I know uh, who are not idiots, actual trustworthy people who will look out for me and I'll look out for them. There's no snitching. There's no any of that. But with the tools that I have here, as far as my skills with trading and recognizing patterns and behaviors, etc., I can be wrong. I'm wrong all the time, but I'm right a lot more than I am wrong. And that's the truth. That's the honest truth, and you know it. You know it. To some of you, it sounds disgusting, what I'm doing, talking to homeless people, trying to get to know them, trying to bridge the gap of inequality, trying to make others who are looked, like, looked, as, looked at as subhuman to try and bring them up to an equal level with you and I. That's disgusting to you. Like, Todd, why would I do that? Okay, that, that's fine. But some of you are, can identify with what I'm saying. And some of you are actually listening to what I'm saying. It's like, wow, he, he's, he's not a total idiot. He's making sense. And he's, he's like, ta he's speaking to me. He's speaking my language of helping people that need to aggress. Want to go over it again? The motive appeals, how to, how to move an audience to action with motive appeals. What are the, what are those motive appeals? Blink, tell us, tell us, tell us the answers. You can use motive appeals as tools to motivate your audience to take action in response to your message. The motive appeals are not new. We owe their invention to the ancient Greek sophists who categorized them nearly 2,500 years ago. In the 20th century, the advertising industry used psychological research to modernize and rebrand 
these ancient concepts. Communication scholar Jib Fowles has summarized them as follows. Sex, affiliation, nurture, guidance, aggress, achieve, dominate, prominence, attention, autonomy, escape, safety, aesthetic sensation, satisfy curiosity, satisfy physical needs. You've heard me talk about aggress here, so I'll bring that up. The need to aggress. There are times when all of us feel we need to take bold action to solve problems and dilemmas. This doesn't mean violent action. It means feeling confident in our ability to stand up for ourselves and others who need our protection and the need to combat helplessness. Now, I just talked about others who might not be on the same page as I am. Bling, that's disgusting. Your, your idea to bring people up as equals, I don't like that. I don't like that. And then let's talk about the need to dominate. Though we don't always like to admit it, we all have a desire to control others and act it out. I've noticed that there are certain type, types of personalities. You could call them type A personalities. They will stop at nothing to belittle you, to destroy you, to undermine you so that they remain in control. So they will stop at nothing to make sure you cannot bounce back, you cannot make it in life. Especially, especially if you're threatening their control, their dominance. Why was everyone so against me getting my car? It, it, the culture there is this dominant culture that the IAAI. Why Ogden Auto Towing? I'm sure there's lots of, yeah, I don't know about that one. I'd probably say uh, discrimination for that one. I don't know what that falls under. Need for others to not be equal. Need to not help anyone. To need to make assumptions and be jerks. To have pictures of fire trucks and on your website. You're towing fire trucks, you're the heroes. But they won't even help you. They won't even help you get your car. So, what that's under, I don't know, but my point is, let's help each other here. Let's take the opportunity that we have now to help each other so that we can avoid this thing getting any worse. The world's in pretty bad shape, man. The United States is going in a direction that is bad news, it is not good. There are still many, many good people out there, but there are a lot of bad people too. They're in control and they don't want to give it up. They're greedy. They realize money's getting tighter and that they don't have it or they don't want to give it away. Others don't have it and they don't want to give it away. Why that is, well, I need to dominate, I would imagine. Just keep others in control, under their control. The, I think the Fed made a, a crucial misstep here in raising rates so aggressively. I think it could have been done over time, uh, managed a lot better, but it wasn't. It was allowed to run rampant for two years and then now it's like, oh, what, what have we done? Look at what we've done. We have to reel it in quick. It's too late. The damage is done. So please, if anything, 
bring a couple extra dollars downtown and give them to somebody. You have leftovers from your hot date tonight, from, from date night, riding them lime scooters downtown. <clears throat> Looking for date ideas? Wanna sweep her off her feet like you used to? Don't have enough time to go downtown and make it to dinner? Parking can be such a nightmare. Why not have a little bit of fun and rent some Lime scooters? With Lime, you'll always be on time. That's why I always trust my time with Lime. When you get a chance, uh, if you have leftovers tonight after dinner, after date night, give them to some people on the, on, the, on the corner who are hungry. Give them to some people who have that cardboard sign. Give your money to people with that cardboard sign, man. Do it. They are humans. They are people too. They are not below you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening.